So welcome to Flip the Switch, a show, community and movement dedicated to the modern multi-hyphenate. Today, we're joined with Heba Tabidi, engineer, founder, DJ, creative director and all-round hun. Thanks, girl. <laughs> Heba, welcome. Thank so you. happy to be, for you to be here and for us to talk about every single part of your life. Thank you for having me. I feel like you're no stranger to a camera. Oh, I am. I really? am. Yes. That's why I keep side-eyeing this one because I'm trying to make it like fade into the background. <laughs> I feel like I've seen you on the big screen though, basically. Like you are doing no, big things. I, yeah, but I, I find it really hard being on camera. When you're an engineer, you don't really get like limelight spotlight opportunities. You're just like sat on, on a desk, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's why this transition into this other world, world is, I'm just trying to get used to it really. And like speaking on panels, I'm just sat there, I'm like, who am I? Who am I to be speaking to all of you? Like, what have I done? But yeah, that's You've it. done big things, that's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. So welcome. Thank you. It is safe to say that you are a multi-hyphenate. Yes. And the word multi-hyphenate, I think not a lot of people may have heard of it. It's like multi-potentialite, slashy, all these kind of like words and like language that is coming up a lot now that we're mm -hmm. seeing. I wanted to just like basically hear about that when you first heard about that word and realized that you were a multi-hyphenate. So I heard the term multidisciplinary. Okay. Which was kind of floating around like... Well, I saw it two, three years ago when I kind of started going into getting into music and finishing my degree and realizing I don't really want to be contained. And then for a long time, I was finding it difficult to give myself that name because in corporate settings, you're kind of told to specialize very mm. early. And there's this idea of like, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And I kind of, especially again in engineering, there's a lot of, uh, emphasis on specializing and like mm -hmm. picking you know it's so broad you pick you know am I a bridge engineer do I do concrete do I do timber um and I was really reluctant to kind of also you know those kind of people that claim to be like claim to do a lot of things but don't do them very well I yeah. kind of always want my work to be very intentional mm. so for a very long time I was resisting calling myself that and I didn't really want to but then you yeah are now. yeah I kind of <laughs> left denied the corporate yeah. language and the corporate life and I'm um, yeah claiming fully claiming it, even though I still find it difficult yeah yeah um, because I'm in different stages with each one but yeah and then like engineering which one did you shoot did you go into a specific field did or are you a oh, generalist so, how did it work no so I did I did civil structural engineering, so like buildings. Right. And okay. then for one year, I was a bridge engineer, which I absolutely love. And I, do you know what? I can see myself turning 50 and being like, do you know what? I'm tired of all this creative <laughs> nonsense. I just want to design bridges now. Fair. And just like retiring into a hole and being a bridge engineer. Because I see bridges and I get so excited. Oh, wow. Um, Lisbon Bridge then. You Lisbon must... Bridge. <laughs> every bridge. Every bridge. Every bridge. Every bridge. Yeah. Um, especially here in Hackney, like when you walk along the canal, there's so many beautiful mm. small foot bridges. But then I started in practice and before, so you, you're supposed to get chartered, which is like a certification so you can sign off structures and stuff. And you have to show a certain level of competency at a lot of like everything. Mm. So that's what I was working at before I left. So I was doing every single material. But then after that point, that's when you start picking like, I really love concrete and I'm just gonna do concrete forever. <laughs> 
which was that ever a bit of you it gave me anxiety no (laughs) i was like i don't want to do one thing for the rest of my life (laughs) i think that is where it stems from that i felt there was so much pressure of being like i am this now this is me yeah this is my life you have to contain yourself so early and it feels like there's so many crossroads so early in your life that you can't turn back from or like form the rest of your life and sometimes I'm like did I make the wrong decision four years ago because you just eliminate so many options by picking one one or the other there's just so many binaries and it's really suffocating yeah I 100% agree like were you at university and like you felt a bit of like if I pick this now I'm locked in and I'm I now regretting that decision like straight away I was like what have I done? Yeah. Like, yeah. this is now, I'm going to have to be a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know why. I've literally signed up for this. I've literally signed, <laughs> signed my life away at 18. But do you know what? I I was really lucky in the sense that when I went to my uni open days mm. and went to Bath, <laughs> which is a whole other thing, but went to Bath, and that's the uni I ended up studying. Yeah. The director of the course bless her soul he was basically speaking about he kind of addressed that and he was saying how you know very early in the traditional kind of like education system and curriculum you're expected to narrow or have like very tunnel vision on Mm. what you want to do and at Bath we really celebrate people who have different backgrounds or different you know degrees or have different inputs and we think like a holistic worldview is really important and we really celebrate people that have different um, have done different A-levels and we think it's important to have this broad worldview. And I was like, oh my God, that's a bit of me, that, because I don't really want to, you know... Put yourself I, in a box. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did maths, physics, art, geography for my A-levels. Oh my gosh, that is quite like, interesting. I want balance. to hit everything yeah. and not confine myself to something. Mm. So when he went and he said that, I'm like, I'm sold. Yeah. And then, yeah, ended up going to buy. That is exactly what I actually found as well with law. That it's like this mix of like psychology, economics. Mm. Like it kind of like merged so many things that I was like, this is maybe something that could lead to other things. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe other than being a lawyer. Yeah. I I hoped (laughs) that one day there would be something. Yeah. Which I think it gives, it sets you up right in the right, right place, which is good. And like in terms of these boxes that like we're thought about to fit into, Mm -hmm. like, I'd say you're a bit of a disruptor. Would that be Ooh. something that you feel? Yeah, I like would. I would are? agree. Yeah, definitely. Definitely in my last job as yeah. well. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I so. even no, but even if, with the company that we're going to get onto, yeah, that you founded, I feel like it is something that you always seem to be doing is is disrupting, blending like your experiences in, yeah. into something that creates something unique. Yeah. Like, how did it feel like ever going the other direction to other people and kind of pushing yourself? Away from the norm, would you say? Um, I found it... I found it really hard because... I think being a black woman and, you know, often being a minority in these spaces, you're kind of... You don't want to take up too much space. You don't want to be too disruptive. You don't want to be too aggressive. You don't want to... You want to be palatable. You know, you want to there's always there was always this like underlying pressure to like contain myself and um not be kind of 
yeah, not take up too much space, mm-hmm. space essentially. And I think and then, that's, like, I guess yeah, in that those environments are like difficult for me. Going back a little bit to so when like, you were growing up, those... like the environments that we grew up in, did you ever feel like you had like people that you could look up to that were doing disruptive things and like doing things that were like a bit against the grain? Or did you feel like, or was it people around you? Was it friends? Was it family? Because like for me, I would say like the majority of my uh, like inspirations are non, like non-fictional characters. Mm, okay. <laughs> it is like Jess from Bendit Like Beckham okay. for me was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like you can do it. Yeah, like yeah. you might get pushed back, but like go for your dreams. And like Hannah Montana, huge inspiration. Yeah. Just like concealing yourself, but actually just going for it yeah. in no, ma- yeah. no matter what and being relentless in that yeah. has actually been my inspiration and is my inspiration now. Yeah. <laughs> but like, did you have any of that growing up or did you feel like you didn't? My mum is, she's, she's, yeah, incredible woman. So, and I think I took a lot from her because she was like, for me, day one disruptor. Mm-hmm. And she has a degree in mechanical engineering. She um, is a swimmer. She plays tennis. She um, was like born, born diabetic. Um, she would travel. She showed me pictures of her like traveling in yeah. the seventies, eighties, um, on like boats on the Nile in Egypt. Like she was really a huge disruptor. And I think, you know, she'd show me pictures of herself at uni and it'd just be this like one woman around all these men just <laughs> fixing these huge engines. Wow. Um and I think that was for me the blueprint of like yeah, you know, mum did it. Why can't I? Yeah. Like, fuck these men. Like, of course, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm here. You know, um, and then also just the fact that, you know, coming from a second generation family, my, you have to be disruptive mm. when you're a migrant. Like you, they just upped and left, and they upped and left very comfortable, you know, middle class lifestyles mm-hmm. to come and start completely afresh. Um, and it was always told to me that there's nothing you can't do. Like there is n- absolutely nothing you cannot do. Um, you know, we might not speak the language 100% well. We might not fully understand the system, but anything you want to do, you like, you have our full permission to disrupt. Yeah. And until today, like I'll send my dad the chaos that is my life. And he's like, <laughs> love it, so proud of you, yes. Um, I, like, the fact that you're living such a crazy life makes me so happy. Like, mm. he's my biggest cheerleader. Um, so that is beautiful. So, yeah, I'd say. And in a way, like, they're the OG multi-hyphenates that then show you what's possible. Yeah. To be yeah. like, go for it. Yeah. If you want to do it, do it. And yeah. that is a really great thing. And actually, that kind of makes it so much nicer that you've got that kind of support yeah because sometimes it is really tough that you don't like it does lead to so many different things this this multi-hyphenate lifestyle that Mm. you're like what am I doing I'm juggling Mm. so many things at once and actually having that support and backing is like yes like I can do this I back myself I've got people around me what what more do I want yeah definitely you know I could stay in this like corporate kind of space and work my way up and kind of hit a bit of a ceiling with it 
or I could be really expansive and yeah. just sh- completely go for it and you know start something that doesn't exist and be self-employed and travel while I work and mm. kind of hit this again that stuff that isn't really made accessible for people like us because it's this very upper class yeah elitist space it's kind of it's kind of where like politicians CEOs mm. like those kind of people sit and I felt like the best way I could honor my parents is by like striving for that because they created the foundation for me to like really go for that as opposed to just yeah continue you know like just linear li- yeah, yeah yeah and you like yeah. break through that ceiling yeah and I think that is what leads me on to the founding of Space Black yes can you tell me a little bit more about that and also about timing with it like how where did it come in in your kind of career and then leading to where you are now recently quitting your job which is congrats yeah, thank you thank very you. very exciting for you thank you so where did it all begin and then like where do you see it now it began in co- during covid mm-hmm. um i started full-time work and i just remember thinking this is not it mm. this is not this cannot be it for the rest of my life like there's so i have so much more to give mm-hmm. um and i it was it was something that was always brewing like throughout my time at university and then i um you know, put a call out, got in touch with a few people and it just like kind of like grew from there. Mm. When I, so when I finished uni, I, on a piece of paper I wrote in 10 years and I wrote a list of stuff that I wanted for myself in 10 years. And there was this like multi-hyphenate element to it. It's like, I want to be a political columnist. I want to have a collective of, you know, marginalized black POC engineers, architects, designers that are transforming the built environment. I want to go back to the motherland, to, to the mm. continent and apply those. Like these are all things that I wrote on this 10 year thing. So Space Black was a side hustle, but for me, it was always the end goal. Like, mm. and it was, this cannot not work. This has to be, um, this has to take off. This has to, you know, I, I, for me, at work, I can't, I can't, I'm not giving my energy and my love and my time to this corporate model. And for my community, I've I've lived it. I've seen how public spaces do not directly serve us. So this has, this has to be it. And I guess there was this like stubbornness, this like, no, I, I'm not accepting yeah. failure in this. This has to work. So it's kind of like, it was a projection of like your values, like in a way like that 10 year plan, it's like bringing it to life in through a project. And it sounds like you're living, you, does it light you up? Like, is it one of those things that makes you- Oh, so Cause it much. seems like, yeah, when you talk about it, like so the energy much. that pours out of your like, like your voice even changes. Yeah, so much, so much. I think that's probably why I could do like, like my co-founder Rianne, she's incredible. She, she's like, he be like, boundaries you need to set boundaries because I can like I could work till yeah. very late I could like the again when I was doing my full-time job 14 day weeks wow staying up 14 day weeks sorry how yeah. does that even <laughs> because I'd be working on my evenings right okay I'd be working my full-time job working my evenings and then weekends I'd be in the Barbican just 
working. So you were nine to five and five to nining. And then weekends. And then weekends as well. Yeah. Wow. Because I've come to one of your events and yes. they were it was it was incredible. That was Super at the start. That was like when things kind of that's when I came back from Ghana after my quarter life crisis and I just took myself to Ghana for my birthday <laughs> by myself um and then solo came travel back solo travel yeah. yeah and then uh yeah I came back and I was like right let's go and yeah that was the event you came to I was really proud that's one of my favorite events it was still. amazing and I guess what do you have any big goals then for the future it might not necessarily be 10 year plan but like just tell me what then maybe this year or in the next couple of years where you see space black kind of evolving into for me and I think the past few months have been like this it's I've been a lot of reflection and working very closely with Rayanne to unlearn a lot of corporate stuff mm. and to strategize and to plan and to um come up with a model but a, a kind of this model that like fits within capitalism but resists it um because as you know quitting my job and now kind of pursuing this full time those are the kind of stuff I've had to think about but it's it's stuff that is really it's big I don't know I think again maybe this comes from a multi-hyphenate mind but I find it very difficult to just leave something I, mm. I have to really understand it fully and by now trying to create models for space black we've been looking at how you know business model works and what works sorry and how um investing the mm. concept of investing and the concept of stocks and because i don't have a finance background my background's in yeah. engineering so understanding all of that stuff and like shareholders and uh, speaking to investors and angel investors and all of that language and just trying to find what, you know, what elements of it I want to take yeah. on and what I want to resist because Rihanna and I identify ourselves as, I would say we identify ourselves as activists yeah. And we see the work of Space Black not being another startup. It's something that is completely transformative and disruptive. Mm. And so it means sometimes, you know, going to these pitch nights and not liking what we're hearing and saying, no, I'm not going to take that advice or um, being told that, you know, this is the model and us being like, no, we're going to make a new one. Of like, even like the startup culture, like having that knowledge of like, the context of the industry and like this sometimes bro culture and angel mm. investors and actually it's it's quite a white industry mm. even like angel investors the people that are giving money out are normally the people that don't look like us yeah even in like having that knowledge and actually how can we break out of this mold how can we constantly mm. disrupt is such a great thing to be able to do and it sounds like you're not creating a company for the sake of creating a company at all no. it's like a movement it's like let's break out of these systems let's change them forever yeah which is it's tiring it's so tiring <laughs> sounds exhausting oh my god it's so tiring <laughs> it's time to flip the switch we're gonna move to part two let's take the cassette out nice. and swap it to side nice, two nice, nice. and we're gonna talk about your five to nine yes
Heba, talented DJ, and you are blending electronic and techno music with sounds of the diaspora and creating a space which brings the genre back to its black beat influences. You're on the way up for sure. <laughs> Gum fingers, gracing festival stages, hopefully in 2023. Already one that I think has been announced and so much more yes. to come. Yes, I hope so. Um, I want to talk about what part does music play in your life? Oh, Where I did it all begin? Music. I, I love music. Bloody love music. Oh my God. <laughs> like I'd be sat in the office and no one could talk to me. Because I just have headphones in all day and I'd just be listening to mix after mix after track after track. I was to be fair, I think a part of it is like an ADHD thing mm-hmm. and um kind of needing to be like overstimulated whilst I'm working. But I love oh my god, I love music. I love music <laughs> so much. I think yeah. And I I just grew up with like a really eclectic music taste like my mom loves Bob Marley yeah. she also loves um like indigenous American like flute music she had like a CD that wow. she would play all the time and then my dad loves like Nelly he loves um Tupac he loves but he also loves Gary Barlow like there's just the, the <laughs> those names yeah listen African dads in there Gary Barlow Nah, nah, don't I even. <laughs> He's, he, oh, yeah, cutie, hold tight, address. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, super, and then I had my uncles who lived with us um, when we were growing up, and they were, like, 16, 17, also to my early 20s at the time, and it was, like, mid-90s, and they were kind of, like, hip-hop, R&B, um, loads of like Cisco playing in the house. Um, so yeah, it's just Usher, loads of Usher, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, so I just grew up with like this really broad and then I had like my pop punk phase and then I had my swim deep indie okay. white boy phase. <laughs> and then, yeah. So it wasn't like gun figures, it was like the Yeah, rock. it just moved. But then before <laughs> that I had my, I love Chipmunk, I love yeah. gigs, I love Tinchy Strider. Yeah. Like it's just everything. So I think I've always, I've always just loved loads of genres. I've always loved music, like, yeah. And it sounds like a real mix, I think. Which Such actually a mix, oh my beautiful, God. Beautiful, eclectic, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. And I like to think of like, we are like this equation of so many different things, like our experiences, like family, yes. culture. We have a cocktail, aren't we? Of yes. so many different things. Like has music then shaped like your DJing style at all, would you say? Yes. Yes, definitely. I mean, every time I play a set, people are like, there's so many genres. I'm like, I know, that was the point. Genre agnostic <laughs> is what I like to say now. I'm like, I'm a genre agnostic DJ because yeah, I can't go. choose. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And I think, yeah, g- kind of like growing up and appreciating loads of different types of music is, uh, is yeah, informs informs how I dj a lot so we've reached the final part of flip the switch which is the natural mixing and blending you do a lot of that anyway and this is like the managing of a multi-hyphenate career and just kind of where you're at because we know like we can't talk about one part of you without the other right yes so i actually loved and i saw that you did a series called home place which kind of mixed everything together this kind of like engineering with music can you just talk to me a little about that that blending of everything 
all your passions. Okay, so home place sounds of resistance is uh, based off of Bell, a essay by Bell Hooks, which is called Home Place Sites of Resistance, and she basically talks about the home place, specifically in the African American context, and how Black women created these home places for their communities that are a place of hope, imagination, um, kind of like from around, yeah, period of slavery and, mm-hmm. and beyond. Um, and that kind of sparked an idea of home place sounds of resistance where I invite black female identifying DJs to create mixes that are based on a city or a mm-hmm. space, um, a building, a club that, gives them that humanization that power that um that joy and mm. um, kind of moving away from speaking about black trauma and more about black joy mm. and how that space or that city informs their music selection and informs their creative practice as a dj um and it's a really it's a really powerful series and some of the submissions have been incredible um, it's actually now a residency on Oroco Radio, which is a wow. Ghana-based radio station. Yeah. Um, and we are now, it's going to be um, a potential cultural showcase in mm-hmm. Accra and in London this year um, as a collaboration with Oroco. But yeah, it's, I just think the two speak to each other and something I take like before there was this shame for me in like calling myself a DJ mm. because it's like dysfunctional, nitty, you know, um, p- the perception of it. But, and I was speaking about this when I was on a panel the other day, but there's something about DJing and having access to these like informal third spaces or these like, yeah, really informal spaces in a city, these like warehouses, these like down the stairs in this random bar Mm. these kind of like pop-up spaces these super informal spaces where people are bringing community and these are the kind of bits of land that planning you know urban planners don't see and Mm. architects don't really see they're normally like meanwhile spaces they're normally spaces that are like awaiting planning permission um but like inhabiting or even curating those spaces and DJing there or just being a guest there has made me really see the, I don't know, like the value of it. And I really advocate for that in like, when we enter these like more corporate traditional settings in Space Black, um, of how important these like informal spaces and the like, even the heritage behind these structures because you know, sometimes they're waiting to be demolished or sometimes, you know, like the cause in Tottenham mm. Hale yeah, that yeah. was, you know, taken and now R. being, R. yeah, used for high rises, which again- And same with Printworks whole as well, other, which yeah, we're seeing. Yeah. And we've basically covered a lot, a lot of different things about who you are. We've covered this sense of like, you're a DJ, you're mm. a civil engineer, so many different worlds that you're now merging together, yes. which is to create you, right? And it yeah. is a, a very much projection of you. And it sounds like you're living your true self authentically, which I think is exactly what this podcast is all about. Yes. Just yeah. doing what you love. But I want to hear, 
Is there anything else, any part of you that you feel like we haven't touched as a final question and that you feel like you want to talk about? Oh, I was mentioning this earlier. I actually, I whipped my own shea butter. Yeah, but I do wow. it with so much, it's a whole process. I do it with so much love. And like, I buy my own, I go to packs, I buy my own raw gunner and shea. And then, I mean, if anyone out there has recommendations of like black owned, raw share let me know um but yeah for now we go to packs and I yeah whip it and I use a different essential so I use like other oils like castor oil whatever mm -hmm. olive oil but then I use an essential oil and combine essential oils like based on where I feel like I am that month because wow. one jar normally lasts a month so like if it's spring it will be maybe more like uplifting citrusy stuff with ylang ylang but then if it's winter, it's more like deeper, muskier, mm. sandal kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so that's what I really love. And it's kind of becoming a bit of a, maybe it's like I could <laughs> capitalize off it because now it's like a gift I love giving my friends. Oh, wow. So I whip them a bit of shea and like I make the scent based mm -hmm. on them or like what I think they would like. And they absolutely love it. So you so, heard it here first. Maybe the future founder of a skincare maybe I brand. Start as well. like another, yeah. We can add another slash, skincare. another Yeah, there we go. Whoa. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I feel honored. Oh.